had one young man actually from Mecca who was recently in my living room and he, and he just said, I have so many questions and I've never really had a context to just talk about them and to get them out in the open. And he said, I feel like I can do that with you guys because you're not going to judge me and you're willing to be open-minded. You're willing to hear my questions without becoming angry or defensive or even preachy. Okay, so what's the recipe for that? Because for those who don't know, Mecca would be the capital city of Islam, essentially, the holiest place for any Muslim. The guy's from there and is excited to talk to you. How do you create that environment? Because I know there's plenty of Christians out there who've wanted that, but they offend people when Mm -hmm. they do that. Where are the forums that we go? They could be in living rooms. I mean, obviously, Paul... He went and reasoned in the synagogue, in the marketplace. I think social media is one of the forums that we have that Christians are completely missing the mark. We view it as a place of just verbalizing our opinions, but oftentimes we don't see it as a gateway to conversation with individuals where we could ask them a question about their opinions and then could say, hey, would you be willing to meet at the park? Or would you like to go on a walk? I'd like to talk with you more about that. You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors, the scary ones. The ones that make you feel uncomfortable, that's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle, and I'm Brian. If you don't want to miss anything, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button to get a notification whenever we drop a new episode. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. Now joining us live is our friend Jonathan. He's with a ministry called International Friendships that reaches out to international college students in our area with the gospel of Jesus Christ and with the love of Jesus. Welcome back to the show, Jonathan. Hey, thanks. Good morning. I love your topic today because we're going to start digging into the scriptures. So, and the topic being invitations. So what are some examples of invitations you see in scripture? Well, there are all kinds of invitations. I mean, going back In the Old Testament, you see Abraham, for example, where you have the three men who visit his area, and he obviously invites them in, and in that encounters the Lord. And I think that's what the writer of Hebrews then is referencing later um, in Hebrews 13, where he talks about, you know, don't fail to show hospitality to strangers, because some have entertained angels unaware um, as a result of that. And so it's a picture right from early the early pages of Scripture of just the power of invitation, and I think also a picture of sometimes God, God shows up, in Abraham's case, maybe literally, <laughs> um, but in our case, that the, the Holy Spirit can oftentimes be at work in surprising ways, you know, as we extend invitations to others. Um, I was looking through the Gospels, and it's interesting that there are not a whole lot of instances of invitation. I mean, there's there are examples, for example, of Pharisees that invite Jesus to come and dine with them. 
Um, there are many examples of Jesus inviting himself over into homes. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> which is, is kind of gutsy. Yeah. But I think the most beautiful example we have in the New Testament is the picture of God's kind of father heart as he talks about the great banquet. And this is kind of a parable that comes up repeatedly of uh, the great banquet where there's this invitation going out, you know, and exploring the various responses that people have to God's invitation into kind of his home, into his feast. Well, and you know, one of my favorite invitations, too, and the radical nature of it was who Jesus not only chose to be his followers, his, his close disciples, but he chose Matthew, who was a, a tax collector, despised by everyone. And not only did Matthew say yes, but he's like, hey, come on over for dinner with me and all my disreputable sinner buddies. And Jesus was like, okay. And then he got chastised for it. I mean, Jesus said rat, he accepted radical invitations. Yeah, he really did. And I don't know, I'm assuming you guys have seen the eight-part series, The Chosen. I, have you guys watched that? I'm all about it, like Janelle would say. <laughs> but it's on my list of things to watch, and I haven't done it yet. I'm gonna. I'm planning on it. Yeah. I am so surprised. People, I know, it's and, and I was one of them, are very, are very kind of skeptical, or uh, I don't know if skeptical is the right word, but I think we've seen a lot of media that we're not, super entertained by within the Christian community. And so we're, we're a little skeptical, but it was fantastic. And there are some beautiful pictures there of people in that society that were somewhat marginalized and kind of the community that begins developing, for example, around Mary um, Magdalene and some of her friends. And then later you see with Matthew as well, that I think, are just beautiful pictures. And what's cool is that they're gathering kind of because they were not welcomed into other communities. They, they gather together and then Jesus shows up. Um, so anyway, no, I've, I've, I've added it to my list. Cause honestly, we've had Dallas Jenkins, the director and writer of that on our show for years. <laughs> I've yeah. been to his movie premieres. Yeah. There's no good excuse. Except I got five kids. And he's taking a bunch of naps, Jonathan. I take naps every day, bro. It's, it's good <laughs> I, for the health. I fully understand it. If I had to get up when you get up, I would be taking naps too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're up against a break when we come back. Jonathan, our friend from International Friendships, will come and talk about how all this examination of biblical invitations and how many radical yeses were given as answers to invitations, how that can apply to our lives today. Stay tuned. Jonathan sharing with us some powerful stories in the scriptures from the Old all the way through the New Testament of invitations that are given, and basically almost always, no matter how radical the invitation, accepted with a bold yes. And so, Jonathan, can you help us think about how this applies to what you do in your ministry life? Sure, and and that's one of the reasons I wanted to uh, talk about this is because I am consistently surprised how many people— uh, whether American or internationals, um, as I work with, say yes when they receive an invitation from someone who seems to care about them and desire the best for them. And I think we can often assume people are not interested or have other things to do, but I'm just consistently surprised about that. And one example of that is what we're seeing right now within our organization as we have tried to adjust to COVID and have had to change our programming, one of the things that we continue to do is to 
hold discussion groups where we have a dinner and discussion. And, and this fall, we're doing them in homes. And so we're keeping the groups very, very small. But what, I, what has been so beautiful is that as students have received these personal invitations, would you come to my home? Would you have dinner with us? Uh, would you explore scripture with us and the story of redemption really through, through scripture? How many students are saying yes? And I don't think it's just internationals, too. I've experienced this with Americans as well, who, given the invitation at the right time in a sensitive way, and, and with someone who is not trying to shove anything down their throat, but really truly wants to reason with them and just talk with them um, and explore their beliefs and why they believe that, but also to share the story of Scripture, so many people will say yes. And it's been neat, as I've been talking to my small group leaders that are leading these groups, they're talking about... Muslim and Hindu students that are actually coming to these groups, having read the scriptures for themselves on their own time in preparation for these discussions and with really, really great questions that they want to wrestle with and they want someone to reason with. And and so I, I think it's just a call that for us as Christians that at times um, we're reluctant for a whole variety of reasons. But the opportunity is there. Truly, the fields are white, as, as Jesus said. So if I'm understanding you correctly, you have small group leaders going up to devout Muslim college-age students and saying, hey, want to come over for dinner and talk about my faith in Jesus? And they're oh. like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't always transpire in that, <laughs> that yeah. directly. You know, sometimes we're, we're hanging out and building relationships, and as they get to know us, they're like, yeah, I like hanging out with Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan's inviting me over. I'll try it out, you know. But we do try to be direct with them about what we want to do. You know, we're going to be exploring the story of the Bible. We're going to be ex- exploring the stories that Jesus told. And many are so curious. In fact, I had one young man actually from Mecca who was recently in my living room, and he, and he just said, I have so many questions, and I've never really had a context to just talk about them and to get them out in the open. And he said, I feel like I can do that with you guys because you're not going to judge me and you're willing to be open-minded. You're willing to hear my questions without becoming angry or defensive or even preachy. And um, so it's become a a really beautiful thing, not just in my living room, but I think a number of others as well. Okay. So what's the recipe for that? Because for those who don't know, Mecca would be the capital city of Islam, essentially the holiest place for any Muslim. The guy's from there and is excited to talk to you. How do you create that environment? Because I know there's plenty of Christians out there who've wanted that, but they offend people when Mm -hmm. they do that. Well, in preparation for this conversation, I was thinking about where are the forums that we go? They could be in living rooms. I mean, obviously Paul says he went and reasoned in the synagogue, in the marketplace. Where are the places that we go? And I'm going to just throw this into the discussion. I think social media is one of the forums that we have that Christians are completely missing the mark in the way that we engage on social media, because I think we view it as a place to vent, and we view it as a place of just verbalizing our opinions But oftentimes we don't see it as a gateway to conversation with individuals where we could ask them a question about their opinion. We could say, how did you reach that conclusion? Talk to me about that. And then could say, hey, would you be willing to, in this day and age, meet at the park? Or would you like to go on a walk? I'd like to talk with you more about that. 
In fact, I had an example of that just a few days ago. A friend of mine who I believe he would consider himself an atheist, he quoted a celebrity who basically said, I thought the Bible had merit until I started reading it, and then I realized it was just a tool to control people. And I said, I just asked him, I wonder how he reached that conclusion, because many people have found it actually liberates them. And I just left it there. And then he came back and some of his friends on his Facebook page and started asking me very sincere questions about what do you mean? What type of liberation? And I was able to talk a little bit about on the Facebook page just about what God liberates us from. But I think people are willing to engage us in conversation if they, if they sense that there's a real respect and a kindness and a gentleness about us that they don't have to worry about offending us and they don't have to, to worry about the conversation going south where it feels touchy. It feels like we're walking, walking on eggshells. If they feel like you're willing to go anywhere with them in conversation, um, even to take some rabbit trails with them, I think people are really looking and longing for that today. Not just internationals, they obviously thoroughly enjoy it, but I think Americans too. You know, I actually think of that a portion of Romans 12 where, where Paul says, don't just pretend to love people, really love them. And that seems to be your approach. It's like, I'm not going to pretend you're a project. I'm just going to encounter a person and be patient and love them. And after a while, we're going to talk about faith and it'll be great. Is that oversimplifying your approach? No, I think that's true. I mean, one of the things that we talk about within our organization is we, we want to love people and serve people and meet their physical needs. We want to meet their cultural needs. We want to meet their relational needs and we want to meet their spiritual needs. And so it's not just that we're providing them a ride to the grocery store so that we can have this spiritual conversation. It's all part of our posture towards them of serving them of, as Jesus did, washing their feet. And it's not just doing one so we can get the other. And I, I think we need to embrace that as we engage people and, and also just recognize that, and I'm going to go back to the social media thing for a second. It just, this reality that just because something is permissible, just because it's permissible for you to vent or to share your opinion doesn't necessarily mean it's helpful. And and so, you know, thinking through that, what is helpful? What is, what are going to draw people into actually considering what I'm saying or to be willing to consider a new perspective. And that really changes what you vocalize, whether you're hanging out with someone or, or interacting with them online. So I hate to get so pragmatic, but you're saying you might give somebody a ride to the grocery store and it's not agenda driven. So are you saying you might give somebody a ride to the grocery store knowing full well, you might never talk to Jesus about them. And this might be the only time you talk to them. Well, I will talk to Jesus about them. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Talk oh, with them about yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I had that backwards. Um, which is kind of cool to think sometimes we might be the only person in the whole world praying for someone in, in a certain moment. Wow, good yeah. point. Um, I meant to say that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I recognize that it's a part. It could be we all play a part, and we can trust the Lord's sovereignty and His providential guidance that maybe I'm just playing one part where they know this is a Christian who gave me a ride that maybe will open the door for another Christian who's a Christian professor to speak into their life in a way that I can't. So I, I'm always looking for the open doors for conversation, and I throw out 
little pieces of my life to see if they respond with interest and curiosity. But I, you can't force the door open. You know, you have to trust the Lord on that. And it's amazing how often, though, he does open the door. You know, sometimes not right away, but sometimes it's surprising. I feel like that the low pressure thing you're doing would take out the nervousness. You know, so many of us feel this nervousness to talk about Jesus to a stranger. And you're like, just mm-hmm. relax. It'll be fine. Yeah, just hang with people. Yeah, absolutely. A friend of ours, she just decided during the kind of the COVID shutdown to invite her neighbor to go walking with her. They, everybody needed an opportunity to get out of the house. And so she just said, hey, would you like to go walking? The neighbor said, sure, I'd like that. And it, one conversation just led to another. And soon, within a few months, this woman was pouring out her heart to her, revealing what was going on in her marriage, how she was struggling, and asking, would you pray for me? And this woman would never have done that previously. Uh, Our friend, she actually took it a step further, and she started inviting other women from the neighborhood to join them on this walk. And then she followed that up with a little bonfire in her backyard and invited seven of the neighborhood women over. And they were just sitting there talking, sharing their lives together. And in that context, she is seeking to speak um, of the love of Christ and invite these women into that journey. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's amazing how many people will say yes when we invite them. And that's such a powerful lesson, yet such a simple lesson. Again, joining us live today was Jonathan from a ministry called International Friendships. And I know you have wonderful opportunities for folks to get plugged in and do these very things you're talking about with international students in our area. How can they connect to what you're doing? Yeah, they can just go to our website, which is cleveland.ifiusa.org. One more time. Okay, it's cleveland.ifi for International Friendships, Inc., USA.org. Wonderful. And worst case, just come to us, family, brianandjanelle.org. We'd love to connect you, as it's a wonderful opportunity to practice showing not only the love of Christ to others, but, Lord willing, the opportunity to share the gospel with others as well. Jonathan, always love hanging with you, man. Thanks for the great stories, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right, thanks so much. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So look down, hit that button right there, subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us. How? A five-star rating. You can also hang with us live weekday 6 to 9 a.m., interact with us, talk with us, download the Moody Radio app. Or at brianandjanelle.org. And we don't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind all this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Well, Brian, that's a wrap. Yep.